Transforming care through genomic medicine, personalized therapeutics, health services and outcomes research, and innovations in healthcare delivery. We're Children's Mercy Kansas City, presenting our audio interview series, Transformational Pediatrics, with host Dr. Michael Smith. Our topic today is dangers of lead poisoning in the pediatric population. My guest is Dr. Jennifer Lowry. She is the Section Chief of Medical Toxicology and a Professor of Pediatrics at the University of Missouri-Kansas City School of Medicine. Dr. Lowry, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. So how common is lead exposure and lead poisoning today? Well, I wish I actually really knew. The um, problem is, is that we don't test our children as well as we should or what is recommended, and that's across the United States what happens. Um, all children at um, one and two years of age should be at least screened um, by a questionnaire to know, um, you know, where they live, are they exposed to common sources of lead, and unfortunately many children don't get screened, and then they ultimately don't get the screening blood test or the confirmation blood test to know. So it's really, it's, it's beginning at that screening level. Uh, why is that? How come, how come the, the screen is not being done? Well, there is a little bit of confusion um, on, on what to do. Um, me- if children that are, un- are Medicaid um, insured um, are required by Medicaid to have at least actually the, the capillary blood test, the screening blood test um, at one and two years of age. What the American Academy of Pediatrics and the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention recommend is that all children actually be screened by the questionnaire. And so then there's a little confusion of should I do the blood test or should I just do the questionnaire. Also what happens is that um, the perception by other healthcare professionals that lead poisoning is a problem um, has decreased over time. It's it's confusing when the CDC, um, you know, many, 40 years ago said the level of concern is 60, and then they changed it to 40, and then they changed it to 25 micrograms per deciliter, and then they changed it to 10, and then in 2012 they changed the the reference level to 5. And so those who have trained earlier, you know, consider, you know, 10, 25, 60 to be um, of concern, and so they see that... Um, the number of children or the lead levels that they're seeing are much decreased, and so they don't think it is as a concern um, at this time. Mm. And unfortunately, if you were to look at the CDC website, you will see that of the children who should be tested, at the most 25% of children actually are. So we really don't know uh, to the extent that children are poisoned. So on the questionnaire, you mentioned before that there are um, questions about common sources of lead. What, what, I guess, what are the common sources of lead today? Well, they're actually the same as they used to be um, because lead um, doesn't really go anywhere when it's in the environment. Um, over 100 years ago, 200 years ago, we actually put lead in paint, um, and it was really for the color of the paint and the shininess of the paint, and so, um, and it made it last a lot longer as well. And so we have homes that uh, were built, you know, over a century ago that continue to have lead paint still on the walls. 
And in fact, it wasn't until the late 70s that lead was taken out of paint. And so any home that was built before 1978 is at risk for having paint in their home that contained lead. And as the paint peels off or chips off or gets ground up into fine dust, uh, children are going to get into uh, lead. So lead from paint is actually the primary source um, okay. because it's, it's, it actually is very sweet. And we actually used to put lead in sugar as a sweetener. We don't do that anymore. Um, but <laughs> because it's sweet, children, I know, thank goodness, yeah. um, um, get into that. We also used to put lead in gasoline. And so um, any emissions from gasoline before 19, late 1970s, uh, if it gets in the soil, so kids who decide they want to make their soil slurry, which they do, um, will get lead poisoning. And then, of course, we have other things from um, jewelry that's imported or cosmetics that are imported, um, hobbies. Um, uh, we have, you know, lead bullets, lead fishing weights. Uh, and then, of course, we all know now, obviously, about uh, lead in water. Right, right. And so the standards for a lot of the products, um, specifically, say, toys and stuff in the United States, uh, is a little bit different than other countries. Is there a concern about what's being imported, uh, say, from China, other countries? Uh, is that a concern? Because we're finding through media reports that their lead is still being included on some of those um, some of those products, right? Right. So we do have, um, obviously, regulations through the Consumer Product Safety Commission and other laws um, that regulate um, the amount of lead that can be in a crayon, for example, or um, in any other toy. Um, and, and unfortunately, we can't test everything that comes into the country. Um, we do, you know, some random testing and um, find that there are some things, most things are below the the level um, that they have put as the standard, but um, we don't catch everything. And so unfortunately what happens is when we uh, see a child and we do a lead level and we find that it's elevated, we have to find that source. And sometimes that source are imported goods, whether it's jewelry or cosmetics. Yeah. Now Children's Mercy uh, uh, provides a very comprehensive pediatric environmental health services. Um, what, What exactly... In, is entailed in that? What what uh, makes up that department, um, and what are some of the goals? Okay, sure. So we have, um, it's one large program that has a number of different um, programs within it. Um, so we do have the Center for Environmental Health, where uh, I am the medical director, and Kevin Kennedy is our managing director. Um, I have a grant specifically that's funded by the Agency for Toxic Substances and Disease Registry and the Environmental Protection Agency that um, is called the Pediatric Environmental Health Specialty Unit. It's a large word that we try not to use very often, but um, that actually allows us to do consultation and education to healthcare providers and to the public on environmental exposures in children. Um, and, uh, for example, right now the state of Kansas does not have a lead poisoning prevention program, and so the PACU, which is what we are, um, helps with uh, the case management and um, trying to help with the, um, the overall care of the children who um, have elevated blood leads by working with their primary care physician and the health departments on, on um, kind of working through the management. Uh, through the other 
the other program within the Center for Environmental Health is we have a, um, a healthy homes program. And in partnership with the PACU, we are able to, once we find out a child that has an elevated blood lead, whether it's in Kansas or any other state um, that we serve, which is actually Region 7, Iowa, Nebraska, Missouri, and Kansas, we can actually go out to the home and do a home investigation to try to find the source of lead. Um, this is a, especially important in the state of Kansas because they don't offer the home investigations. And so we can actually help them with our grant funding to do that. So how many primary care physicians are actually using this service? Is this something that's becoming more and more known? Is um, Or is there something that you think needs to be done to connect better with the primary care physician? Well, um, there's always more that we could do because, again, um, many uh, physicians are not doing the testing that needs to be done in the first place. So any education that can help, you know, just increase the awareness that the, the screening and the testing need to be done. Uh, the unfortunate um, incident in Flint, Michigan, has has probably woken up some physicians to the need to actually do the testing. Um, and uh, and so then they call for help if they um, have a child that has an elevated lead level. Um, so we are starting to get more. Most of the health departments, at least in the state of Kansas, do know about us, and so they will call us directly or have the physicians or the family call us to ask for help. And so we try. You know, Kansas is a big state, so it's hard to, to get right. to everywhere, but we've tried really hard to work with the communities on getting the home investigations done. The other states, like um, uh, obviously Missouri does have a lead poisoning prevention program, but we work very, very well with the local and state health departments um, in even some of the case management because many of our children that come through Children's Mercy um, who live in Missouri, uh, some get lost in the shuffle or um, don't have quite the, the management uh, needed. And so we're kind of keep everybody on their toes and making sure that they're following uh, the patient appropriately. Right. How many patients are you following, um, say, annually uh, through the through the uh, health services, environmental health services? Well, yeah. So we uh, through the home investigations and our lead program alone, since we started in 2014, we've had over 300 ch- children that we've helped. So that's uh, and that's only for really those that have an elevated blood lead above 10 micrograms per deciliter. We do try to follow those that are less than 10, but. That is a monumental <laughs> task, and so we're not able to at least do the home investigations for those kids. Um, we also have a, I have a clinic where uh, physicians can refer their patients to see me. Oftentimes, though, what I try to do is to work with the provider so that they don't have to come to Kansas City to see me, that this is really a primary pediatric issue, and um, they should be able to manage it in their office. Again, the problem is taking the time itself to find out what that source is and asking the right questions. And because many don't have um, the service like a home investigation, right. um, it's hard yeah. to actually find that source. Right, right. Which, 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 of course, is one of the most important pieces in all of this. And and that seems to be something that you're able to uh, to provide when you do investigate. Dr. Larry, I want to thank you for the work that you're doing. And also thank you for coming on the show. You're listening to Transformational Pediatrics with Children's Mercy Kansas City. For more information, you can go to childrensmercy.org. That's childrensmercy.org. I'm Dr. Michael Smith. Thanks for listening.